This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Today, the Houston Astros wrap up their four-game series at Progressive Field in Cleveland, Ohio, against the Cleveland Indians. The Astros have taken the first three games of this series, including a 3-2 win yesterday. Jake Odorizzi allowed an earned run over six-plus innings of work. Carlos Correa, two hits, including a homer. He drove in a pair as the Astros have taken three in a row, and, and the Indians have lost five in a row in seven of their last eight. Astros 51 and 33, first place in the AL West, two and a half games ahead of Oakland, while the Indians are 42 and 38, second in the AL Central, six games behind the White Sox. Let's take a look at our pitching matchup, brought to you by the official healthcare provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist, leading medicine. And the Astros will send Zach Greinke to the mound today, and Greinke trying to become the fourth nine-game winner in the American League. No decision in his last start. Yeah, he's been great. There's a lot of things to like about Zach Greinke. Uh, number one, he's not a Yankee, and uh, you know he, he goes out there and he'll doodle to, to both sides of the plate, and that's dandy. You know that's dandy. We, we appreciate that, but uh, it's not do or die. It's definitely not do or die. Uh, however, he wants to do that, he can change speeds. I've seen his pass list today, and he'll have a lot of friends and family at the ball game, including his uncle Sam. So we know that he's a real life nephew. And bottom line, uh, future Hall of Famer, and God bless America. Hopefully he doesn't have a feather in his cap and calls it macaroni. Meanwhile, Cal Quantrill getting the ball for Cleveland, and uh, he's working on three days rest. He he started the first game of a doubleheader Wednesday against the Tigers, and uh, you know three and a third innings in that game. Probably not going to go uh, really deep in today's game, you would think. No, I mean he's a, a perfect reliever. I mean they they figured it out. He's a kind of a two pitch pitcher, and he's excelled out of the bullpen. So it makes him a little weaker because he has to start right now because they've had so many injuries. But he has good stuff. He has pedigree. His dad was a big leaguer for a long time, especially with the Toronto Blue Jays. And he pitches a lot like his dad as far as the two-seam fastball, a lot of sync on that pitch with a slider. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Astros general manager James Click as we are uh, every Sunday. And the Astros, James, have taken three in a row in Cleveland. And you think about the way uh, this series has gone. Guys have, have gotten days off. Gray has gotten a day off this series. Altuve has gotten a day off. Uh, Brantley's dealing with the, the side issue. and He's not in the lineup for a second straight day. Kyle Tucker uh, dealing with the back spasms. He's out of lineup. But other guys have been able to step up, and that certainly has to be encouraging for, for you and, and your baseball operations group. Yeah, I've, I've spent more time on the phone with the trainers uh, than I would like to, uh, but that's that's part of the business and that's that's part of the job. Um, but you can't say enough about the the wrestling guys stepping up. Uh, it just total total team win. Everybody picking up a little bit, not relying on one person to step in and be a hero. Uh, and that was a message that Dusty gave to the guys after Bregman got hurt. 
And as we've continued to deal with some of these little bumps and bruises that inevitably come up, I think that message has, has really resounded with the guys uh, and just, you know, top to bottom. We've talked about the fact that we're going to need every inch of this roster to get through 162 games and hopefully more. And, and we're seeing it right now. And just, again, can't say enough good things about the guys and the way they've stepped up. Absolutely. And uh, you also think, too, uh, I know one of the goals and with the Astros is uh, guys with with a lot of positional versatility. I mean, you're able to put Taylor Jones in left field for a couple of games. Robel Garcia, he's been able to move around, and we've seen that come into play as well uh, in this series, and you've really needed it because of uh, some guys who've been out. Yeah, and you can see it just from what the lineup looked like before, uh, you know, guys tweak something and then what it looks like after, and the ability to rework things on the fly, uh, it has a tremendous amount of value because if you couldn't put those guys out there, you get caught in some really sticky situations. You know, do, do, you, <laughs> do you have to consider giving up the DH at some point just to get the guys in the field, things like that. So the ability for guys to go out there is a result of the hard work that they put in with our coaches, the work that they do pregame, shagging fly balls, taking infield grounders, working on it. it Dusty and I were talking this morning and, and he is adamant that guys can get better on defense through hard work. And, and these guys have shown that they have put in the work and the defense is not only better, but it's more versatile. Wednesday, you put Jose Urquidy on the injury list. He had left to start uh, against Baltimore the day before with shoulder discomfort. He was on the I.L. earlier this year with a shoulder injury, although I know Dusty said that this is uh, in a different part of the shoulder. Uh, any update on, on Urquidy and, and any timetable for him? No, it's a little too soon to put a timetable on it, uh, but the initial scan was fairly positive in terms of the structural soundness of the shoulder. Uh, this is, we believe, a, a muscle issue, um, but we just need to give it time to calm down, see how the body responds. So we'll we'll have a better timetable uh, soon once we see you know how he responds to treatment over the next few days. Again, with all of these things, we'd love to be able to tell you exactly what day he's going to be back, but the right answer more often than not is we need to wait and see. There was a six-man rotation over this stretch, which ends today with 20 games in, in 20 days, and obviously with Urquidy going on the IL, uh, back to a, a five-man rotation. I know kind of the thought was, right, that this was the stretch to do it with 20 games in, in 20 days. I mean, you maybe got forced out of it in a way that you didn't like by putting a pitcher on the injured list, but was that kind of the idea that once you got past this, this off day tomorrow that it would go back to a five-man rotation anyway? Yeah, it's, it's a conversation that the pitching coaches and I have been having on and off for the past week or two about how do we fit all these pieces together? How do we manage workloads? How do we make sure that we're set up not just for July and August, but for September and hopefully October? And inevitably, every time you write down a rotation plan, the only thing that you know for certain is that is not what your rotation is going to look like two weeks from now, because this is the game. This is what we deal with. It's always a little something. Uh, so we're just constantly adjusting on the fly. So to say that that was the plan, it, it was one of about a thousand plans that we discussed. And this is the one that we that we ended up in. But this is part of the reason that we prioritize depth this offseason was to make sure that as these things inevitably come up, that we have a roster that is able to fill in behind it with quality guys and not just quality, but all-star guys. So, um, you know, that, that's something that we focused on. And unfortunately we've had a call on it, uh, but hopefully we'll get these guys back healthy and have to have those tough conversations in the future again, about how do we fit six, seven, even eight starters uh, into a traditional rotation. So do you think there's a possibility that we could see a six man rotation again at some point this season? We're not taking anything off the table. I mean, you know, anything from a three man to a 12 man rotation, I think is, 
pretty much out there. So um, we don't know. We'll, we'll we'll continue to monitor innings. We'll continue to see how the guys are doing. We'll continue to talk to our strength and conditioning guys about how the players are responding. This is going to be a big part of the equation as we go from the workload last year to the workload this year. And we need to be very cognizant of the fact that a lot of the guys that we're counting on in, in this rotation not only didn't have the workload last year, but have never had the workload in their entire careers. And so we want to make sure that we step these guys up, don't put too much on them this year, and make sure that we stay healthy and get ready for, again, hopefully October. With an eye toward that workload, is that part of the reason uh, Fromber Valdez, Luis Garcia flip-flop in the rotation? Now Fromber's going to start uh, that Tuesday game against Oakland. Garcia is going to start Wednesday. And so that makes it so that Fromber will also start the last game before the break uh, a week from today against the Yankees. Is that toward an eye, an eye toward that? Because Garcia is one of the pitchers who, you know, hasn't had any any workload like he might potentially have this year. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big part of it. And, um, you know, wanted to make sure that we were cognizant of what Fromber's workload is going to look like by the end of the year and, and what Luis's workload is going to look like by the end of the year. Uh, and, and also, if you're going to have one guy get an extra start before before the break, uh, especially against a team like the Yankees, uh, you know, Luis has certainly done nothing wrong, but we've all seen what Fromber can do and, and what he can do to carry a staff. And so we wanted to give him a chance to get that extra start in there against um, one of the teams that, that we're going to be, you know, hopefully not fighting with a wild card, but but potentially fighting at some point down the road. Joined by Astros general manager James Click before the Astros wrap up this three game series in Cleveland and uh, Austin Pruitt. Uh, he's slated to have his fifth. Uh, rehab appearance today. He went two innings in his last rehab outing uh, for for Sugarland. With, with Pruitt, is is he somebody that you want to stretch out so that you could potentially use him as a starter? I know he's a guy that was part of the appeal when he came over that that possibly could be used in a few different roles. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a if it's a goal as much as we not that we're still getting to know Austin, but this is basically spring training for him at, at this point and just being cognizant of how long it's been for him since he's been able to, to step on a field. We want to see how does it work in a one inning role? How does it work in a two or three inning role? And then once we know how his body responds and how he, how, and he knows how his body responds now that he has gotten through the rehab, then we're able to have those conversations with him about how do you feel? Do you feel good in a one inning role? Do you feel good stretched out? You know, and that will factor into uh, how, how he fits into the bullpen. Uh, Aletmiz Diaz hit off the tee this weekend. Uh, that's a really good sign after suffering the, the broken hand uh, about a month ago now uh, in Buffalo against the Blue Jays. Uh, do you have a better idea of kind of the next steps for him and, and when uh, uh, presumably he you might be have an opportunity to go out on a rehab assignment. Yeah, right now it's it's looking very good. He's healed up very well. Um, getting to swing a bat, grip a bat, all those kind of things because of the impact that that has on the bone. Uh, this is a big step for him and, and for us. He will probably head to West Palm Beach at some point to get some work in there and get some some abs in there. But beyond that, we don't know. We're just excited by the good news and um, trying not to count our chickens. Uh, Brian Abreu back to back outings uh, the last couple of days. And I know that was kind of seemed like maybe the last checkpoint needed for him. It possibly we could see him activated on this upcoming homestand. 
Yeah, that's our hope. Uh, and, and a lot of these guys are coming back. We, we were able to activate uh, Anoli Paredes uh, the other day, but um, we felt like there was still mechanical work. Although he is healthy, we felt like there's some mechanical work that, that he needs to do. And so that was part of the, uh, the motivation to have him there. But, you know, he will be a part of this for us. Uh, Brian Abreu hopefully should be back uh, early part of this homestand. Joe Smith is doing very well. You've already brought up Pruitt. You know, Josh James is heading to Sugarland on a rehab. Pedro Baez has a live BP tomorrow. We've got a lot of guys coming back that can help us out. And so, um, you know, we're looking forward to having those conversations about how do we fit those pieces in there. You know, in a year where innings and, and, and workload is a, a big concern, uh, it has to be a nice feeling to know that you have all of these guys working their way back. I mean, obviously, we'll have to see how they do once they come back. But, uh, you know, trade deadline coming up here uh, at the at the end of the month. and you know, it could be a situation where, yeah, maybe you enhance things with some some deadline deals, but also maybe enhance things, too, with some guys who, who are coming back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're not going to just sit back and assume that these guys coming back and getting healthy you know, are going to be the only moves that we're going to make. We're, we're actively on the phone uh, with 29 other teams uh, trying to see what we can do to put this team in a position to, to win a World Series this year, while also making sure that we're responsible about the future of the franchise and, and the fact that we want to be back here again next year and the year after that and the year after that. Uh, you know, it's always difficult balancing the present with the future, but, um, you know, the present right now is, is where the priority is, and, and we're going to do everything we can to focus on that. Futures game is coming up uh, next Sunday as part of uh, All-Star Week in Denver. And uh, Pedro Leon uh, will be representing the Astros organization uh, in the in the Futures game. Obviously exciting for him and someone who's really just getting back to playing baseball on a regular basis after defecting from Cuba and then signing uh, with the Astros. Uh, notice Pedro hasn't played since, since June 24th. Everything okay with him? Yeah, he's got a, a slight sprain of uh, of his finger uh, that he got from sliding into a bag. And so it was just one of those things where we wanted to make sure it was 100% behind him. So, no, there's no no concerns at all. It's just a little bit of a, of a swollen finger, a sprained finger. Draft also starts next Sunday. Now, you're going to be spectators the first day. Don't pick until the third round. But once the picks start rolling in, uh, and I, I know last year was your first experience as a GM, uh, with the draft, and it was much shorter last year. It's going to be 20 rounds this season. How uh, are you on pins and needles during the draft? Are you kind of sitting back, letting uh, the the amateur staff do most of the heavy lifting? What, what's kind of your your mentality, your mindset as a, as the draft is going on? My general philosophy is if we're on pins and needles, hopefully it's just because we have a guy that we really like and we're hoping that he's still available when we're picking. Uh, if we're on pins and needles because we're not sure who we're picking, then I worry about the process leading up to that point. So the focus right now for me and for uh, Charles Cook and Chris Gross and the whole staff is just getting that board lined up and getting in the room and feeling good about the order that we have those players in and, and how we like them and, and what order we want to consider calling them and, and seeing what we got. So um, that's been the focus. The, the great thing this year, these past couple of days, especially is being able to get together in person with the staff. And as much as we did it all last year by zoom and teams and all the other apps, uh, there's really no substitution for getting everybody together in a room, which we have for the past couple of days and, and getting that video up there, that same, you know, video that you used to see, and here's the open side, here's the guy in the field, you know, and then, then you get the reports up there and the scouts get in there and they talk about what they've seen and what they feel and, and, and how they've got the guys evaluated. 
And we we have a lot of conversations about, you know, what we're seeing and, and how we line these guys up. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we're on pins and needles because we've got a guy that we have evaluated highly who might still be available to us at 87. Uh, but our goal is to make that that draft process not boring, um, but certainly, you know, something where we've done the work ahead of time so that when we actually get in the room, we're not making decisions. We're just going through the process that we put in place. All right, James Click, Astros General Manager, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, here's to a sweep in Cleveland today. Here's to it. And happy 4th of July to everybody. Yes, happy 4th of July. We'll be back with more of Astro Launch right after this. Summer is here and the excitement is heating up. Houston Astros single game tickets are on sale now for the remainder of the season. From dollar dogs and Friday night fireworks to bobblehead giveaways and Crawford box home runs. That ball's clobbered. Left field. See ya! Make it a summer to remember. Get your tickets and join us at Minute Maid Park. This season is for the age, and we can't wait to spend it with you. Visit Astros.com slash tickets for more information and to get your tickets today. Okay, questions for Astros manager Dusty Baker, uh, Danielle Lerner. Uh, Brantley and Tucker still out today? Uh, yes, they are. And uh, Brantley's day-to-day, um, Tucker's improving, and hopefully um, – you know, hopefully we'll see if they're back for the Oakland series. Hopefully. Mark Berman. Dusty, are either available to pinch hit later today if you need them? Uh, don't know yet. They have to go hit the cage and stuff first, so mm-hmm. can't answer that uh, right now. Abraham Toro uh, mentioned yesterday that he, he wanted to thank Jose Altuve for letting him know he was dropping his shoulder, which enabled him to hit that home run, and he wanted to thank him. What do you think about that kind of stuff? like a guy like Jose helping out a guy like Abraham on the fly like that? Well, I mean, that's what the teammates do. You know, I mean, uh, sometimes the batting coaches, you know, they have 15 or 16 guys to try to notice things about. And, uh, um, you know, players have always helped players and especially players that you, that you, um, you know, trust their, their knowledge and judgment. And if anybody knows hitting, it's Jose. I remember when I was playing teammates, like Billy Russell used to tell me, he told me one time I was dropping my shoulder. I think I popped up four times to the <laughs> to the first base box in one game. <laughs> he says, hey, you're dropping your shoulder. I said, no, no jive, man. And, uh, you know, guys can – guys help straighten guys out. I mean, they'll tell a guy if he's rolling over or if he's pulling off the ball or, or whatever. I mean, guys watch – watch each other and uh, I mean that's what I mean that's that's no surprise to me especially coming from you know Jose and it's a lot easier to do when you're not playing because when you're playing you're thinking about your at-bats and, and what you're doing and uh, when you're not playing then you you know you're watching everybody else but, yeah that's no surprise but it's it was much needed because that was the difference in the ball game. Dusty, uh, yesterday was the first time you uh, used Christian Javier not uh, over multiple innings. In other words, he only pitched one inning. How does that change uh, where his availability will be uh, the next couple of days? Uh, not the next couple of days because he'll be cool for the Open Series, but I'm just, uh, you know, we don't know about today. You know, I mean, we uh, – he has to go out and throw. Strami will give me the report on what he thinks and what Christian says. Um, and, you know – we're asking for an honest answer. You know, um, we have used, I mean, we could use him today or everybody, but 
standing stone two days in a row, uh, pressing stone three days in a row. And so um, I don't, I doubt their availability. I didn't think that Presley was going to be available yesterday either, but, you know, they went out through and he told Stromy, he says, hey, man, I can, I'm good. If they say they're good, then, you know, they're available. Or I have to make a decision, even if they say they're good, to not use them or, or take their word, you know, to use them like I did yesterday. So, um, <clears throat> you know, he has to go out and throw first, and then we'll go over it, and Stromy will give me, uh, you know, his analysis on who's available and who's not. and or for how long? Jesse, obviously you always have a plan going into a game and you're waiting to hear about those guys, but how do you plan out your bullpen given the fact that Ryan's gone three days, your own stand has gone two, and you kind of know what you kind of want to do in certain situations? Yeah, I mean, we got it, we got it mapped out, but like, <laughs> you know, we had it mapped out yesterday for, for, for Harvey to go, you know, seventh and eighth possibly, but you know, um, or the reason he got in trouble. So we say, okay, we gotta we gotta use Stanek now in a different role to get out of trouble, and then Jose for for the eighth. I mean, you can plan out all you want to, but but things change on the situation of the game, the score. Uh, you know, who's coming up on their side? I mean, you gotta have a plan, but uh, you gotta have a backup plan, and sometimes a backup to a backup, and so. And some some days things work out exactly as planned, but the opposition has a lot to do with uh, you going to your alternate plans. Hey, Kappa. I noticed uh, Brayu went back to back in AAA. Is that the uh, the last step of his rehab? Yeah, well, we hope so. And uh, you know, we have to wait to see how he comes out of this out of his back to back. And. Uh, you know, we'll see how he's doing tomorrow or t or or Tuesday morning before we, you know, make a decision. Chris Gordy. Dusty, what was your favorite part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, going back in the archives and seeing, you know, they took me in the back in a in a in a room because I've been there before. I've seen most of the exhibits, but they took me back in the room uh, that's off limits and secret code to get in and uh you know i saw like billy preston's shoes and and uh 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 fleetwood mac you know christine uh mcveigh her shawl that she wore and ray charles's jacket and uh who else some uh gray slicks um dress that she had back there i mean they had some stuff back there that's ooh, that's that's way old and in a, in a controlled environment um no humidity 68 degrees and so and you had to put on gloves if you touched anything so it was it was pretty cool to go back there and see see that stuff Young Astros fans, it's never too early to show off your Astros pride. With the season in full swing, be a part of the official Astros Kids Club today. Kids 12 and under can join the Astros Buddies Club and receive a Buddies backpack, cap, socks, and access to exclusive events and activities throughout the year. All for only $25. What's even better, it will get shipped right to your door. For more information and to purchase your Astros Buddies membership, visit Astros.com slash Buddies today. Astros hitting coach Troy Snitker is our guest today. I'm Steve Sparks. Welcome back to Astro Launch. And Snit, after a 
a little bit of a slumber uh, with the bats the last two games against the Cleveland Indians anyway. Uh, a couple of those big innings, which is more reflective of this offense, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, what we went through at home in this short homestand, you know, that, we knew that's something that wouldn't, wasn't going to last. And, you know, the group would get back on a roll and, uh, you know, put up the kind of runs that we've been putting up, you know, the last month, two months. It's kind of funny. The fans will panic from time to time. But this team in particular, uh, they just know what's going on. And, and they're not ever going to panic, are they? No, you can't, you can't panic. As, as you know, the, over the course of 162 games, a lot of crazy stuff happens. You can't get too caught up a few game or a week stretch. Teams go through ups and downs. Offenses go through ups and downs. You know, our guys absolutely don't panic. They have way more ups and downs. And, and we knew that it was just, you know, a little hiccup in the road. It's that a lot of times we're a few hundred feet away. But we can feel it when you guys start to start to roll. It looks like you're going to have a big inning, and more times than not, you do. It just seems like everybody's getting more patient as those innings uh, accrue, and it puts, puts more pressure on the opposing pitcher. What's it feel like in the dugout when that happens? I think you can feel it. You can feel the momentum. You can feel, uh, you know, you can see how the guys are, are getting locked in with each at bat. They kind of, we can read out a pitcher. We can see, you know, all of them get on the same page as far as, you know, what he's throwing for strikes, what he's not. They feed off each guy, controlling the zone and, and taking tough pitches and, and being aggressive when they have to come over the middle. And, you know, if bat builds on it bat, we put more and more pressure on the pitcher. And I think guys just, they can't wait to get up to the plate at that point. Talking with Astros hitting coach Troy Snitker and Chaz McCormick is, in a tough position, you know, you know full well that being a bench player is really tough to keep your rhythm at the plate uh, and your timing. Uh, but more times than not, he comes in and, man, 29 RBIs in less than 130 ABs is ridiculous. How's he doing it? We got to give him a lot of credit for what he's doing because not only is it not easy to be a bench player on any team, it's also not easy to be a bench player in your first full season in the big leagues. Yeah. This is, and it's tough to, to go through your first year and, and not be in there every day. But he, ha- he handles it incredibly well. He keeps working. He competes when he gets in there. And I, th- I think that's the biggest thing that has allowed him to be successful. And, he, and he's had a lot of big moments for our team. He's had a lot of big RBIs, big hits, big homers. And I think it's just when, he, you know, when his name does get called, he just he gets in there, he competes, and he plays his strengths all the time. It is very impressive, some of the numbers he's putting up and limited playing opportunity. One of the things we, we always like to look at, especially as a former pitcher, is look at hitters who have holes in their swings that are in and out of the zone quickly. But it looks to me that McCormick is in the zone for a very long time. How do you do that? He's working a lot on currently to try to even, you know, be more consistent and be able to cover more of the play. To, to be able to make a lot of contact in the zone and, and make it consistently, we, you know, we look to have flatter, planer swings where, you know, guys do. They spend – no matter their timing, uh, they spend a lot of time in the strike zone and they actually extend their, their timing window. So that's, you know, that's the goal for a lot of our, all of our hitters. And, and we have some of the guys on our team that have some of the best planer swings in the game. When you and I have spoken on occasion, you talk to me about the sequencing of a swing or, an, or for a hitter, and it usually starts from the ground up. Can you explain to a kid maybe that's in the eighth grade on, on how that kind of times up? We just think it's important for guys to use their biggest muscles first. Okay. When you when you do that and you work you work your way up the chain, it, it not only allows guys to maximize their power, but also, you know, it helps them move the bat in a way like we just talked about, where they do spend a lot of time in the strike zone. They they have a, a flatter flatter swing through the zone, and and it's pretty simple. We just we want to we want to use the big big muscles from the ground, and then 
transfer all that into the back. Is there any secrets to recognizing spin? So we'll see a kid go into high school and never seen a, a slider before, seen a curveball from time to time, but how do you recognize spin better? The, the biggest thing is obviously just to play and kind of build your, your database in your, in your mind of mm. what all these pitches look like. And, and then, you know, some of the other things that can help with it are just giving guys confidence in their swing, giving, you know, making sure that, you know, their swing doesn't take a long time to get going. It, it's uh, the shorter, you know, amount of time that it takes for a guy to get off his swing, the longer he has to be able to see the ball, the less rushed he's going to be, the less he has to cheat. So then you get to spend more time, you know, picking up the spin and not so much about, you know, worrying about cheating to get to a ball. I think the more, the more and more guys you see, the more, the more pitches you can see, the, the better you're going to get. Hey, every once in a while I hear some hitting coaches talk about you want to make contact out in front of the plate, and then you hear some people talk about letting the ball travel a little deeper, and you think about Brantley as the ball gets a little deeper in the way he's able to block it the other way. What's the, what's the best thing to do? It depends. I think it, it's all individualized, depending on what type of hitter you are. Mm-hmm. You know, we have guys like, like Breggy who hits the ball really far out front. He can do that because he's got elite, elite, plate discipline and pitch recognition skills. Somebody that's more of a, a contact-minded hitter that, you know, they, they are going to let the ball get deeper, which is going to let them see the ball longer and make better decisions. So it just, there's no best way to do it. Obviously, we want to, the further out in front of the plate you can hit the ball, generally you're going to hit for more power. You're going to loft the ball more. But at the same time, you know, guys can kind of use both strategies when they're facing somebody where they need to see the ball a lot longer to make better decisions. They can set themselves up for a, a deeper contact point. And when you were working in the minor leagues, were you trying to recognize what type of hitter you were working with to develop those types of skills? Yeah, absolutely. We, that's something that we've tracked in the minor leagues and we look at different guys. And, and that'll be something that I know a lot of our guys now practice in the minor leagues. They're, you know, they're learning where their best swings make contact in the zone. They learn you know, maybe when they do need to let the ball get deeper, but that's definitely something we try. And you're following some of the minor league guys now, I would imagine via video and things like that. We see Corey Lee uh, going yard about every other day in, in double A and Corpus. Anybody else stick out to you who's swinging the bat well in the minors? Uh, yeah, we do follow it. We look at, uh, when we get a little bit of time, we, we check in with those guys. We check in with the coaches, see how everybody's doing. Uh, and we, we have some guys having a good year. You know, if you, uh, Jake Myers is killing it right now in triple A. Yeah. Seems like he's hitting a homer about every other day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're all, we're always watching those guys to see how they're progressing and see where they're at. Well, you got a couple more with Cleveland. Uh, hopefully, uh, avoid the raindrops in Cleveland. It usually happens uh, at least once or twice there, but so far so good. And you guys are swinging it great. I know you and Alex Centron are working really hard. So I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Sparky. Runners lead off all three bases. Nobody out. One, two. And Altuve drills it pretty deep to left field down the line. It's hooking, and it's a grand slam. Jose Altuve goes deep, and the Astros take the lead. They're up 5-2. to two. Altuve's second grand slam of the season. Boy, what a shocker, and it happened so quickly for the Astros. Just a miscue or two, and then the Astros are so capable of taking advantage of any kind of mistake. Jose, second Grand Slam for you in the last three weeks. Uh, just how did that feel? And, and what had you seen from Mejia um, up until that point that, that made you uh, swing on that pitch? Well, it feels obviously pretty good in the situation we were. Uh, down and then getting the lead is always 
It was good. He was, for me, throwing the ball really good. He, the two scene and four scene was uh, really, really good. And he makes it out with some sliders. And I think he was doing uh, really good. He's not, not easy to hit. Do you guys come into today just having the feeling that you really need to get the bats going? You know, I think that's uh, baseball sometimes feel good, sometimes not. And as a team, you have to take confidence and know that eventually you're going to go out there and, and get some hits and score some runs, and that's what we did tonight. Jose, how important was it for Fromber to go out there and give you the kind of game he gave you tonight? Not very important. It's always fun to play behind him. Obviously, you're going to get a lot of action because the two scenes he has, the two scenes per rule mix, uh, you're going to get a lot of action. So you have to be ready. And it's, it's always fun, like I said, to play behind him. He likes to work hard, and you know he pitched the kind of game we, we needed as a team. Yeah, how quickly did you guys put that the uh, Orioles series behind you? Is it is it something that uh, you know as soon as you get on the plane, it's over and done with, or you know you get a couple innings into the game tonight and they're not scoring runs, so you think, oh, oh no, here we go again? No, I think as soon as the game was over uh, yesterday, we just forget about that. We didn't talk about it. We just got on the plane, got here, and we got ready for tonight's game. And like I said, we are pretty confident as a team that we're gonna get some hit. We got some good hitters and. Uh, I think we'll, we'll prove it tonight. Jose, how grueling has this portion of the schedule been for you? 17 games in 17 days now? Yeah, it's not, not easy, you know, to be honest with you, but, you know, we have to keep going at that and do whatever we can to win some games. Can, can a win like this kind of give you a second wind as you guys try and get through this series before that, the off day Monday? Uh, yeah, we're not thinking about the day off yet. We have three games uh, that we really need to win, and we're focused, and we're going to give everything we have to make that happen. Lefty comes set. Rosario off second. The 3-2 to Bradley. Swing and a miss. Got him on the curveball. First strikeout for Valdez, and there's one away. Two-strike pitch. Did he go around on the curveball in the dirt? He sure did, and Mercado down on strikes. Big strikeout for Fromber. Gets Mercado on three pitches. Two away. Swing and a miss. Good curveball. Got him. Strike three. And that's the third strikeout for Valdez. One away. All of his strikeouts have been on that curveball. Valdez takes a deep breath. Here's the pitch. Curveball. Got him. Strike three. Another good curveball. And that's the fourth strikeout for Valdez. And that's the inning for Cleveland. They strand a runner on second. 2-2. Did he go around on the pitch in the dirt? He sure did. Rosario's down on strikes. Got him on the hook. And Fromber has six punch outs. One away. Well, he's so good when he gets ahead of the count. That curveball is one of the best swing and miss pitches in baseball. Questions for Farmer Valdez. We got Danielle first and then Brian McTaggart. Go ahead, Danielle. Number uh, two questions. First is how did you feel out there tonight, you know, going seven innings, throwing almost uh, your season high number of pitches? I feel like, um, you know, I had to force myself a little bit there at the end, uh, not because of the manager, but because of myself. I complicated things in the early innings there. Uh, first, second, and third inning, and made things a little bit tougher on myself than I had to. Um, but I was able to get out of it and, and get seven innings tonight, uh, fortunately. Um, sometimes things happen that are just kind of out of your hands, but you just got to go back and grab it. Um, so that's what I was able to do, and so I was able to last seven innings um, and, and get through those innings. And then secondly, uh, it seemed like they were chasing a lot at your curveball um, when you were putting it kind of low below the knees. Is that something that you figured out early on as a, as a method to get strikeouts? Yeah, I think a lot of times teams come in knowing that I have a good curveball, knowing that I can throw a really good curveball. Um, so they have a specific plan coming in. Um, but I think it's important that you can't have one certain system against an entire team. There's different batters in the lineup. 
and you have to be able to attack different guys in different ways. Um, and I think I was able to do that tonight. I was able to figure some things out during the game. That's what you have to do. You have to be able to act in the moment and react to what's going on that, out there. So I think I was able to do that and have success with that tonight. What kind of advice did Correa give you in the dugout there when he put his arm around you? Yeah, the same thing that he just always tells me, which is, um, you know, let's, let's get it going. Let's get things together. Um, you know, get back to your timing, get back to who you are and, and what you do. Um, I think it's really important to have a teammate like that that's able to center guys, uh, is able to say the right things in those moments um, and really get us con- concentrated and focused back on what we need to be doing, um, and just, which is just to get after it out there on the mound. So uh, after he had that conversation with me, I picked my head up. You know, I got my timing back. I got back focused in the game, um, and I was able to have those, those seven successful innings tonight. Rumber, how much pressure, if pressure's the right word, did you feel that you needed to go out there and give them uh, a quality start seven or six or seven innings like you did tonight? I didn't feel any kind of pressure, but I did know uh, that it was important tonight to be able to get six, seven innings, uh, to be able to give some rest to our bullpen and only have to use one or two guys like we did tonight. Um, I admit that, you know, it was, it was three tough innings for me at the beginning of the game, but I was able to overcome those, which I think is really important. Um, and I see my out in as a success to be able to get to seven innings after those first three innings that were tough for me tonight. Frember, when you look at how you've improved over the last couple of years, is holding them to one run in the second where maybe in the past that could have blown up on you. Is that kind of a good example of it? Um, I think that for sure is a big reason why, um, you know, I think in the past I might've thought that I needed to do something extra to get out of a situation like that. But the truth is there's really no reason uh, to pressure yourself in that kind of situation to do more than you're capable of in that situation. So I just had a little bit of a conversation with myself and thought, you know, why are you giving so many walks in this specific situation? You feel good. You're not bothered. Um, there's really no reason to, and just, breathe in that situation and, and get back to central and, and be able to focus on what the task at hand is and not have to pressure yourself too much and just do what you're capable of. So I feel like I did a good job of just relaxing in that situation. Uh, I got my ground ball to be able to get out of the situation uh, and it's in a tough spot right there. A single and a double back in Cleveland for Michael. He was two for 12 a couple of years ago, his first trip back the pitch. And this one's belted to right field, fair or foul. If it's fair, it's gone, and that is a fair ball. Michael Brantley, a home run back in Cleveland, his fifth of the season, and it was a tank job. A moon ball down the right field line for Brantley, and it's 7-2. to two. Michael, it's probably not a lot of guys left on the Indians from when you were here, but hitting your first home run against them in, in this stadium, how did that feel for you? Well, it felt good. Um, obviously, you know, it's always good to run to the board for your team. Uh, I got a lot of respect for those guys over here. I'm always appreciative for everything you know, they did throughout my career. I have a lot of good friends over there. And, uh, it's always good to see them. Michael, you guys obviously didn't have anyone selected uh, to be an, an all-star starter. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you guys care about that um, at this point? We have a lot of veteran guys that understand this whole process. Um, you know, me personally, I never look at it. Um, you know, I'll wait until somebody tells me one way or another. It doesn't matter. Uh, what we care about as a group and as a unit is going out there, eating every day, and, uh, you know, obviously put on that each day for you from playing the right way. Michael, what would you think of Frommer's performance, and how important was it that he, he do what he did today, given what y'all been through of late? Well, he's been doing it all year. He's a phenomenal pitcher that goes out there and competes. Um, you know, he's getting better. I mean, he did, he did so well last year and to come back, you know, obviously from an injury. Uh, that was kind of a little freak accident in the beginning to what he's been contributing every time out. Uh, he's a special pitcher. Uh, I know I, I'm left-handed. He's left-handed. I never want to face him, so I'm glad he's on our side. Michael, when does playing 20 games in 20 days, that stretch of the schedule, when does that when does that grind really start to hit you? I don't know if there's a specific day uh, exactly when it 
uh, hits you. Uh, we talk about it. You know, we're trying to take care of our bodies the best we can. Uh, the travel has not been ideal for us. Uh, we know that. But at the same time, uh, I think it's very fortunate that we have veteran guys that understand it. And, you know, we're going to have to kind of work our way through it. We know that. Uh, no one's throwing up any excuses. Uh, we still got to go out there and play baseball and perform at our best level. And, uh, you know, it's a one-game-at-a-time mentality. You know, you can't look too far ahead, you know, especially when there's that many games for us. Can winning a game like this give you that second win to at least get you to the off day? Well, yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, we got in at 4.30 in the morning. So, and then, and then we had to, you know, play tonight. So it's not easy. Uh, but like I said before, this is a veteran club that's been here, done that. And uh, I really respect all the guys in that locker room for how hard they competed daily. Uh, we push each other to get better daily. And I think that's what makes this team so and Michael, you're really locked in right now at the plate. Are you looking for a particular pitch and locations, or are you just making adjustments as they come? Not just throughout my career. I just you know, try to always work on my swing, try to get better, just try to be consistent. Uh, I did the same routine I've been doing for the last probably 10 years. I'm just trying to keep my swing as simple as possible. And uh, I know there's going to be ups and downs. You know, it's a long season to go through. You know, injuries or you go through long stretches like we're in right now and bad travel, but there's never an excuse. Just go out there and you know, give the best and give it all you got for that day for your teammates and uh, do it again the next day. Michael, what is it like playing with a teammate like a Carlos Correa who can, you know, when Framber was struggling a little bit, he pulled him to the side and had a conversation with him and Framber said it helped to center him and get him refocused. Carlos is a strong voice on this team. Uh, you know, it brings a lot of energy for one, but at the same time, like I said, he's a veteran. Uh, he understands you know, the ups and downs of a long season, uh, but he brings the positive energy every single day. Big smile on his face. So uh, we feed off that as a unit. Uh, we feed off, that, feed off that as a team. And uh, we're going to continue to do that all year. It's like a family. Mike, how, how big was that for before you hit your home run to see Jordan and, and Jose go deep? It's phenomenal. Obviously, it runs on the board. Uh, we got a you know, problem scoring a lot of runs and you know, getting that big hit to kind of get standing, keep going. Uh, but like I said, this is a long season. It's going to happen. We all know that. Uh, but we're going to continue to keep pressing forward. But uh, there's some two big swings right there to, you know, let everybody just take a deep breath and, you know, keep doing what we do. It's one pitch at a time, one at bat at a time, keep passing down the line. Subscribe to AstroCast. Joined by Justin Verlander. Lance McCullough. Michael Brantley. Tons of interviews. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. Follow your favorite team. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute For the H. <laughs> AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.